welcome back to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky, and with me is my favorite co-player, Leah. Hi, Leah. Hi, Becky. That wasn't awkward. It wasn't, but now that you said that, it makes it kind of awkward. I just feel like we have to note these things. We um, do. Because they're important. Maybe maybe 2022 will bring us no awkward intros or outros. Okay, dream big, Leah. Dream big. Um, so I'm super excited, especially Leah's been all summer. This is going to be hilarious. Anyway, um, I am really excited that tonight's guest is Jay Salmon. She mm-hmm. has is a new to me author this summer. I found her from a TikTok video that she made, and um, then proceeded I, to have the summer of Salmon. The summer of Salmon, and talked about it incessantly, incessantly. The yes. summer of Salmon. And I made everybody read the books and then we had her on for Drunk Book Club. And anyway, so welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Um, sorry if we fan like girl a little bit, although you did join us for Readathon this summer. I so that did. was kind of my big fangirling moment. No, and like, yes. <laughs> And like, seriously, the fangirl's been amazing. So, <laughs> um, I, you know, like it, everybody kind of teases me a little bit, but I found your TikTok video and you were talking, um, it's book two, it's the duet Love to Hate Her, right? Love to Hate Her, yep. um, Jasper and Viola's story. And you had made a TikTok about it. And I'm like, you guys, it's a little taboo, it's a rock star romance, and he's a single freaking dad, and it's the nanny. I'm like, check, check, check. So I was texting everybody and I'm like, guys, anybody read this? And everyone's like, no, I haven't read that. But um, Carolina had said, oh, but wait, I read her Christmas book. It's really good. And I think I've read the Edge series. So yeah, you should read that. I did. And then I spent all of my 4th of July holiday doing nothing but consuming your books. (laughs) I won't complain about that. <laughs> Whole four days. Um, well, they only complain because I bugged them. And I'm like, is anybody going to read this with me? And they're like, Becky, stop it. <laughs> like we have 30 other books to read right now. Right. That has to go in the back burner. To but we have, epic. <laughs> we have since dug into the, the yes. Salmon backlist. So. Everybody is catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually featured Just One Kiss in our Christmas in July episode. Um, we put it to the diehard test that we came up with for Christmas holiday romances, and it passed the diehard test. It Which is, is a Christmas book. Because literally, I wrote that book in like two weeks. Last summer, I was like sitting on my back porch, like, I'm writing a Christmas book in the summer. And I literally banged it out in like two weeks. And at the time, it was like this quick, like, novella that's super dirty. And I was like, People are going to kill me for this book. Like, what? This is just so. We are there book. for that. We are there for that. I liked it. Actually, it was actually one of my favorite. It was the write. perfect dirty. I actually read it this morning, so I was like, Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty quick and dirty read. It was fun. It's, it's really good to read that one. Yeah. Hey, so we should read Julie's bio. I was going to say, Hey, Leah, you want to read Julie's bio? Oh goodness. <laughs> Okay. Julie Salmon is a USA Today best-selling author who is addicted to Diet Coke, much like Becky Burger here, Sour Candy, and Indie Rock. She swears way too much, especially after a glass of wine, and has a penchant for sarcasm, or so her husband and children like to tell her, uh, when she also has pu- written and published more than 20 romance books. That Are you going to read pretty- the second half? Oh, no, I didn't. No, there's a second paragraph. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't notice that. <clears throat> she is a lover of second chance romances, enemies to lovers, and the perfect amount of angst. Love the angst. She's the best. She is best known for writing contemporary romance filled with smart, strong women and sexy alphas who have a softer side, especially for their women, and hot, hot esteem without being over the top. Yeah, I concur with that. I I agree with that, analysts. That. Mm-hmm. And now, whatever words are going to be hard it's a late friday night this is kind of a <laughs> if you guys listened to the previous episode we had said the next episode was something different life happened and julie saved the day for us she did she <laughs> stepped up in her moment of panic um Very so happy. so julie let's get to know you a little bit uh for those of our listeners that have not yet found your books which Again, people, if you are listening to this podcast, I do not understand how you haven't yet. Um, <laughs> um, so do you have a type of book that is a comfort read for you? Or a specific um, book that you like to go back and reread? So comfort reads, I would probably say are actually rom-coms because I feel like those tend to be lower angst, just sort of easier, lighter, less. Um, impactful reads and then actually when I am um, deep in the author cave I tend to like if I need something to sort of just break up the craziness in my head I'll read something like that I can't like if I start reading a darker romance or like a more deeper intense romance I'll get lost in the book and that's bad if I'm trying to write. So I need, I usually need a book. I can just sort of like read, like, I don't know, 20, 30 pages of, and like, just set down and like, my life will continue and I don't have to like keep reading or I'll die kind of thing. Yeah. So rom-coms usually tend to do that for me. Um, but I, I am a huge rereader. So this is going to sound terrible, but especially as an author who like 50% of my books are in KU, um, I am a new KU reader. Um, I actually just subscribed like a couple months ago, but primarily I'm a purchaser and I'm a highlighter and a rereader. Um, so, and like a lot of that is the reader and a lot of that is the author. So like, I'll read something that sort of speaks to me and like, I'll highlight it and like, just use it either as like, you know, like an inspirational thing or just something that I go back to and like, wow, that's like just amazing words, that kind of thing. So um, I, I sort of do both. Like I will find comfort books, but then I will also take more in-depth books and reread them, I guess, if that makes yeah. sense. No, that does make sense. It's interesting because I have been personally, now I'm a newer to you, newer to use Kindle Unlimited person. I've only been using KU. I think I tried it in early like 2018 and I hated it. Like I couldn't find anything. It was very difficult for me to navigate. And I, I canceled it after like my two month trial. I was like, never mind. I'm done with this. I'll never go back. Um Yeah, but this is coming from somebody who bought a nook instead of a Kindle. I did like when e-readers first came out. So yes, I did. 2010 I got an e-reader. I got a nook because you know it made more sense for a bookstore than some random warehouse it website, has. right? Um and so I've exclusively read ebooks and I went away from paperbacks. It was easier with children and life in general. Yeah. Um, but I use my library. Like I'm a huge library. Which person. is awesome. Which is I, awesome. But I'm new to Kindle Unlimited too. And I can see where one, 
now that I have found it and slowly figured out how to filter it and how it works and where to find authors and stuff, um, it's much easier to navigate. But I think that it can be kind of overwhelming if you're coming mm -hmm. from it a traditionally published yes. content person. You, yeah. So traditionally published authors are very rarely in Kindle Unlimited. Um, there's also just a huge wide bank of authors who are wide. Um, and then there's some authors who are strictly Kindle Unlimited. And it's just very like difficult sort of plane to to straddle first of all as an author but just as a reader you know it's like well you know I'm really into like I don't know Christina Lauren and Willow Winters and all these people and they're wide right which is fantastic right and then it's like well and I also read um Melanie Harlow and um Ilsa Madden Mills and their KU strictly right so yeah. it's like it's very and it, it's cool like on one hand like you can be like okay well I know I can get these books when they come out on Kindle Unlimited and then it's also like but I also know if I want to read a book through iBooks I can yeah so um and that's sort of I guess what I do it probably sounds bad as a, as a so I tend to release my books into Kindle Unlimited I have currently two full series plus the new series in fully in Kindle Unlimited. And then I have all of my standalones plus my um, darker romance series uh, wide. And that's been really fun, actually, because I can play up different sides of um, my brand as an author that way but it's for readers it can be very tricky because I'll get emails being like well why isn't this in KU if your other books are in KU so it, it can be tricky but see sort of I'm okay I'm I am the person that loves a free first in series because I will I will buy that grab that free book and then I read it and then I'm so obsessed that I go and I buy like Jack and Jacinda mm -hmm. Wilder. They catch me every time. They'll be like, oh, this mm -hmm. book is free first in series. Yeah. Yeah, or, sure it is. And then there's 17 the, books. Yeah. Or, but they just <laughs> and did you're like, the, oh, really? You could buy six and then you have to buy the, the rest yeah. of them. Six 17. were free. The other 10 are yes. wide and you have to purchase. So one author who's been totally rocking out with it is Elle Kennedy. She yes. has like her, and this is like amazing to me because like she'll have like, four books, five book series, but she'll have the first book in that series free. And you're like, oh my God, that's so great because it's only like, I'm, it's only like a rabbit hole of four or five books. But like, mm -hmm. I, I've been reading her stuff since like forever. So before they were, way before they were free. But um, I think that's a very cool thing that she does it. I like it. Way. And actually, so I found you, you know, and the book was on Kindle Unlimited, which was amazing. I then went and proceeded to buy all the ebooks because I need to have them forever. Those are just the rules. Well, um, that's sort of how I do it too, which is why I was not a KU reader for a very long time. Right. So, but then like you had your Las Vegas Sin series, which is a little bit of your darker, angstier. Yeah. And I didn't know you could get angstier after the rockstar romances. Like there could be yeah. more angst in one of your books. <laughs> and then I read that series, sister. Yes. And I'm like, hmm, okay. That series, it's a, it's a strange series. Um, it's a, well, the first, I, I wrote those books like each, like almost a year apart from each other, which is kind of strange and not really smart. But um, I, I wrote the first book, like 
God, like two, three years ago now. And um, I didn't market it or even think of it as a dark romance. Dark romance was a very, very new trope, a very new genre, and it wasn't really mainstream. And I didn't think what I was writing was dark and I marketed it as contemporary and it pissed a lot of very straight-laced contemporary readers off because it has a lot of dark themes. Um, but it's very I, on par to the Beautiful Bastard series from Christina Lauren. Like, it's very much, it's sexy. There's, you know, some darker undertones. But it's not like you wrote Penelope Sky kind of dark. No, no. So. And certainly, which is why I was like, so you're more until like I got the to the book, until I got to the third book, I was like, why is like, why do people feel like this is the second book has um, the the heroine we meet and she's stripping and that really pissed off a lot of contemporary readers. Like, I actually just cool with that. I just put that on a list. I have a trope guide coming out. I don't think it comes out to the first of the year where the main where one of the main characters is a stripper. That's yes. She was sort of a stripper, sort of a girl just stuck in a bad situation. But it was like, but like I was getting like emails from people being like, how can you write a character like this? And I would sort of write back like, well, did you read the whole book? And then they'd be like, no, no, I stopped after the first few chapters. I'm like, okay, but you're missing her story. So it's like really difficult to judge somebody without knowing their story. And that and like, that was sort of like my point for all strippers, for all people, right? Like you, you, it's very difficult to judge somebody unless you know their full story. So um, I don't regret writing those books. I actually really love those books. They're so, very good. They're um, very, very good. But they're very different than what I, than my typical wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is mostly doctors and rock stars. So those were yeah. a little different. Well, and like book one, I read it. I think I texted Leah. I'm like, it's a love triangle, Leah, but it's not really a love triangle. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm reading it. And I did. And I actually really ended up liking it. I liked the story, but yeah, it's definitely an angsty, dark read, but I just, I really enjoyed it. So oh, people should check I it out. Actually, I actually wrote the first like four chapters on the flight home from Vegas. So. <laughs> but that's one of those things. I was things, that like, girl like sitting there typing on the, on the plane. So Becky and I are not like fans of a love triangle, like a true love triangle where yes. there's like actual triangles. Like there's gray areas of love there triangles. There are gray areas. Love to hate her has a very much gray area of a love and triangle. And we're okay with those. Yeah. Yes. I so the first book I ever wrote was forward and that was a straight up legit love triangle. And even now I like I mean it's a mess of a book, but it's um it is a straight up <laughs> true love triangle book. But so yeah the other ones are like some people they love have pretenses that. but they don't mean it kind yeah. of thing. So what Mm -hmm. took you, you say first book, but what took you to be an author? Because your background is actually in the medical field. Yes. I'm a a nurse practitioner. I'm still a licensed nurse practitioner. Um, I have been a nurse practitioner for 11, how old is it? 11 years. Trying to think I was, I was literally giving birth to my first child the day I was supposed to take my board. So she is 11. (laughs) So it's been 11 years. I was a nurse before that, um, but I was, grad school was seriously intense. Um, I did um, an accelerated nurse to um, nurse practitioner program and it was intense. It was insane hours. It was crazy. I was a newlywed. It was just a lot of stress. And so 
even going back to high school, I used to just sort of write stories. Right. And so that was just sort of a, almost like a stress reliever. It was like a way to escape and get into a different world. And then after, but I just didn't do anything with it. I had written like, I don't know, like three or something stories. I think two of them are still unpublished and will probably never be published because they're total garbage. But um, I just, and I, it was like this crazy thing one day. I was like, I'm just going to hit publish. And I did it so stupidly with forward. Oh my God. If you go into Goodreads, you can see like the original cover. It was like what they give you for options, like in KDP. It was oh. horrendous. It was totally unedited. I was like, girl, you have no clue what you're doing. Um, and then I wrote start again. I had already written start again, maybe. And then I like published it a few months later and shockingly, like even with terrible covers and like ridiculous editing, people were like, oh, wow, I really like this book. And so they're like, but you really need a new cover and you really need to get it edited. So I did both like several <laughs> times, several, several, several times over. In fact, we're redoing the cover of that series again. Like it's going to be ridiculous. Like how many times have we done that? But um, I had gotten some readers with Start Again and they were like, we really want to see Luke's book, who was a side character in that. And I was like, really? Like, really? Okay, sure. So I wrote it and then I scrapped it. It was like a hundred thousand word book. I scrapped it because it was like scary and like kind of toxic. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was actually like a very similar theme actually to um, Touching Sin, but like in a more toxic way. And I was like, no one's going to read that. Like, that's horrible. And so I rewrote it and made it slightly less, slightly less toxic. <laughs> and then it just sort of kept going from there. And I sort of stupidly, slowly learned the business side of it. And it just kind of I, like the like maybe the last two and a half years, it's like, you know, it sort of went from more of like a fun, really great hobby that I was doing pretty well into something else that like yeah. became more of a passion thing, I guess. But it's, I don't know. I think that your stories are really great. You have complex characters and that's something that I think really stands out to me about your books are these really well thought out developed characters. Cause even if you have a character um, in a book that I don't necessarily like, like, cause, and actually there's only one character in all the books that I've read. So I've read all the, the Vegas books. I've read all the wild love and the edge and now uh, the first in the Boston Billionaires. You only have one character that I didn't Ooh, like. Tell love. Me, I'm so curious. Um, it's the second book in the Edge series. That's the second chance romance. She's the yeah, artist. Ariane West. People yeah. love that book or they're not cool with that book. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Aria people. I wanted West. to push her off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Leah got an earful when I read that book. I'm like, people, seriously, that book has been rewritten and rewritten. Like I get, it's interesting because I got like a series of one star reviews like almost back to back on that book and I went back and I read some of those reviews and I was like you know they're totally right I was like wow like they don't like this about the character they don't like that and I was like shit that's so right and so I went back and I rewrote a lot of the book and rechanged like changed around like timelines and stuff like that um but without scrapping and rewriting the book totally from scratch 
There are people like I've had readers who are like, this is my absolute favorite book you've ever written. And I love Western Aria. And like, I am team Western Aria to the end. And then I've had people who are like, you just totally killed my series because oh. I love the first book and I love the third book, but Western Aria can suck it. So yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't West though. Like she just, yeah. About Aria. Well, so there was, like, she's so the I don't only know one she complained it, about, but for, I got some really terrible reviews about West. Um, if you go, but if you go actually into Amazon and you check out some of the one-star reviews, there were definitely some things that readers <laughs> did not love about him. And so I sort of went back and cleaned him up a little bit, cleaned him up. Well, he, you know what? They were right. Like, I will admit, like, some authors are like, oh, one-star reviews, they destroy my world. But truthfully, I've learned some of the most about writing from one-star reviews. So I don't hate my one-star reviews. I think they're epic and beautiful. And if and if somebody's that impassioned, I mean, if they're like, you suck at life and like, that's it, <laughs> no. like, that's different than somebody who is like, totally critiquing the book mm-hmm. in a very objective Thoughtful. way because they didn't like certain things about it. That to yeah. me is very different. So- well, and I will say, and because you write these long, these longer four and five book series, the characters stay true to themselves throughout the whole book. And I give you such props for that because sometimes we'll see this, there's still character growth. Like I look at Jasper in the Wild Love series. He is such a grump and such a <laughs> jackass in his book. But by the time we get to the last book in the Wild Love series, he still is super protective of his family and of his wife. And he's mm-hmm. still a bit of a jackass and a grump. But you've seen that he's kind of mellowed out a little bit. Viola has yeah. kind of helped soften him. He's much more understanding of things that are happening. And it's still funny because I feel like like Jasper was like this um, uh, like omnipresent person, right? Like he just sort of always knew and saw everything except for what was coming his own way. Yeah. And so by the, like, he saw nothing of what Gus was up to. He saw, he just had no clue about like what to do with Viola. He just had no clue with himself, but that like, he seemed to know like what everybody else was doing, what they were up to. So there was, he was, he's still one of my favorite people like forever. But, yeah, but your characters are great. Like they stay true to who they are. There aren't any changes from book to book with them. And actually, so in book four in the edge series, which is Arya's brother book. Yes. Um, like, I'm not gonna lie. I threw my Kindle in that book because of Aria. <laughs> she made me so yeah. mad. Like, yeah. and I got it. It was hard. It was hard to write her not as the villain. Yeah, it was hard to write her not as the villain, and that's sort of how she spun out to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was hard to do that. But she was consistent. She's consistent. She is. I mean, she's this very, she's this very crazy, hot-headed, irrational, artisty type who um, is just a very extreme character, and yeah. she was forever. She's a little bit right? of a like, narcissist, honestly. She's a bit of an well, she's an artist, right? That's sort of <laughs> right. how it goes. So yeah, so she, I mean, she is. So like, you're either like, oh, I love Arya, or you're like, that bitch is crazy, and I do not like her at all. <laughs> and in the Edge of Chaos, it, she, I've I've had people who are like, no, I totally get her point of view with that, and then I've had people who are like, I really want to kill her. Yeah. So and but that's okay because the fact that she like that the characters are evoking emotion, mm-hmm. like that's great. I love it. It is great, but yeah, like. 
she i keep thinking um the heroine that's in that last book the edge of chaos what's the last book um rena rena's book rena mm-hmm. um she has that big stairwell that they talk about in that book in her house that she talks about coming down the stairs and i keep thinking maybe she'll just push aria right down <laughs> those stairs <laughs> But I think that would be a very different kind of book. It would be. Becky feels a little murdery sometimes. (laughs) But that says something about your characters, though, and how you write, because it does elicit those feelings. And I feel connected and protective of Rena and her, you know, her journey to where she was and her friend and being. that's like seriously all like I'm okay if people feel murderous and, and <laughs> hateful no seriously I mean it I am because if I like like truly when I started this whole thing like you know they always like at least years ago they used to talk about like what's your author goal and my author goal was always to ha- like elicit emotion in my readers about my books about my characters and I feel like that is something that I've always try to maintain above all else so yeah well and you do a great job of it um for sure because i had lots of emotions when it came (laughs) to these books this summer um yes we heard about it and heard about it (laughs) but but becky was not the only one who partook in the summer of salmon so yeah something I have not went down the rabbit hole fully yet. So it's it's a it's, it's a, coming. Well, it's an interesting rabbit hole because a lot of it is like I don't know. I feel like the last two years of my writing is very different than the three or how long three three four before it. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's it's a hard thing it's, to sort of. It's, it's a interesting writing approach, I guess. So I'm a little curious because so in the Wild Love series and Love to Hate Her that was originally published as a duet. Yes. So what makes you as an author, because this is just a business kind of question I'm curious about, yeah. make the decision to say, okay, this was originally a duet. I'm now combining it into one book. So I wrote it as a, well, so originally I wrote it as one book. And then my beta readers were like, no, we need more of this. No, we need more of that. No, we need more of this. And before I knew what was happening, it was like 125,000 K word book. And at the time, duets were like this very, very cool thing to do. And I was like, well, a 65K word book is a full length book. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, that's just their jam, right? That's that's like how long they write their books. And I was like, and there was a very clear delineation between part one and part two. And so it just sort of made sense. Maybe, you know, like, I'll just split these up and and go from there. I had not thought of making this into a series at the time. It was like, that's sort of like a bad thing that I do is like, I I was writing, I mean, it's different now, but originally I was writing standalone books and then people would be like, oh, I want this character next. And then, so I would end up writing series. Um, So I wrote this duet. Um, I released it as a duet, like four or something weeks apart. Um, But, and they were doing great. Like the, the, Duet did really great, but then I kept writing. Then I wrote Gus's book, and then I wrote Keith's book, and then I wrote Henry's book, and then I combined lyrics book because I had written lyrics book two years prior to that. But I sort of redid some stuff in her book and then incorporated it into this series. And I was like, it's super confusing to have one book, then a duet, and then the rest of the series because people were like 
like what is book two what is book three like how does this all work it was just very very confusing for readers and I was we were getting lots of emails lots of you know messages and it was just it was just madness so for this and I ended up redoing the covers on them and so for the sake of just continuity and just streamlining the process um I took the two I took the duet and just combined it into one with like one part with like part one and part two within the book and I feel like that has made a huge difference for readers just in terms I mean in terms of reading the book but just also in getting into the series more I feel like it's just easier for I agree. reading purposes I agree. Yeah. And I mean, you're not the only author that's done that, that's taken, you know, what was a duet and put it into one book. Um, I actually preferred it as one book. It made sense that it went from, you know, like part one and then this is part two. Um, yeah. It actually helped with frame of mind of the story. But I was just curious, like what, when you, you know, how do you make that choice? Like, yes, duets. Cause I understand duets. I, um, I don't mind a cliffhanger in a duet. <laughs> When they release, Leah gets a little emotional. Yes, yeah, you're Salty. either like, I can manage a cliffhanger or you're like, F you, I hate cliffhangers. So and the worst part is, is when there's a cliffhanger that you're not prepared for. Like yes. you don't know it's a cliffhanger and the next book is not coming out for months. Like if I go into it knowing this is a cliffhanger, I don't hate it as long as the next book is out already. <laughs> Yeah. So I did. So originally when I did it, I knew it was going to be a two part thing. Um, and it's so weird. I'd never like people like such a cliffhanger at the end. I'm like, really? That was a cliffhanger. It just totally didn't work for me, but whatever. Um, I, so I, I had written in the blurb, this is part one of a duet mm -hmm. that usually sort of indicates you will need to read part two and part two released, I think four weeks later. Um, and that was fine. Like really, like I, it was minimal reader pissed offness, which mm -hmm. was good, but like, really it was, I want to say like a year and a half after, like I redid the covers of them and, um, just to sort of make them all one bank of similar covers. And, um, we had been just sort of being like, why is this a duet? Why is this a duet? It's not that long compared to the other books because my other books were like 100, 105K word. And so it was like, you've got like this 200 page book, like a 240 page book, and then like a 325 page book, right? So it was like, it just didn't make sense a lot of times. So, um, and also with like price point and all that stuff. So we just combine, I just combined the books and, um, it's like a 400 something page book, but it were, you know, it, it worked, especially with, you know, like where it is price wise and, and yeah. just with like working into the, the rest of the series, it just, it just made so much more sense than to have it as two separate books. I don't mind a 400 page. Yeah. Book. It's and a really people, great, some well people are like story. totally cool with that. And then some people will like, you look on Amazon and they'll be like, oh my God, 400 page books. I cannot, cannot commit to that. So um, funny because it, I think it, everybody because I've has been... their different reading like comfort zone right like for me I'm like 400 pages yes meaning my money's worth hell yeah yeah but some people are like I don't mind spending 4.99 on a 200 page book so it's just everyone's different maybe because I've been an e-reader for you know 12 years page um page numbers locations 
thickness of a book, yeah. I don't even think about it. I, well, it, they show it's interesting because Amazon will shit will show like the page count or something like that, but it's actually the paperback page count, so it is misleading. Okay. Um, and I I know like some authors who have gotten some angry messages about such things, but it is actually misleading. So it's the paperback, not the ebook. Book. And it's, it's actually very different. It's not until I pick up, um, until I buy a paper book, which the only reason I buy paperbacks is for display purposes. They are not, mm-hmm. nobody's They're cracking not to be these spines. I will eat them. <laughs> no. um, but for display purposes, um, so I purchased Serena Ackroyd's book, Filthy, which is kind of like what yours was. It was originally a duet, and then she put it together in one book. And it's a thick yeah. beastie beastie book the casanova from tail swan again thick yeah. beastie beastie book and i'm like wow i read that in an afternoon i i didn't know i read that many pages <laughs> it puts it into perspective right seriously i and i've done that too like i'll like pick you know start a book and then like in the morning and then like by that night i'm like oh my god i just banged out like 400 something pages awesome way to parent way to adult right right but um okay so we've talked in what we've talked wild in love we talked vegas and sin we touched a little bit on the start again series um but let's talk your latest series the boston billionaire bachelors which is the fritz family yes um book one is dr scandalous which is dr oliver mm-hmm. which Dr. He's Oliver dreamy. is a deliciously dirty talking doctor. Yes. But I really think that a lot of people's favorite character is the sister of Amelia in that book. Layla. Mm-hmm. It's funny, actually. I wrote, I'm writing um, Luca's book. So that's like book four. And I sent um, a text to my PA tonight. And I wrote, Layla! Because I had this whole like crazy like dialogue between Layla and Luca tonight. So I was very excited. Oh, I Yay. love that she's going to be back. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, yes, she is sort of quasi throughout. She's not much in the second book, but she does perk up in other books. Well, like we are this. all desperate for the second book. I will tell you, we had, you joined us for Drunk Book Club in October and everybody loved Dr. Scandalous. It was a huge mm-hmm. hit in our um, community. And you dropped a teaser when we're recording this on Friday evening. You dropped a teaser. Um, for Dr. Mistake. And well, I had but, seven different messages today. No, well, but also earlier in the week, dropped the, the blurb, like we got blown up in our discord chat. Cause they're like, Julie released the blurb. <laughs> and we're all like, okay, relax everybody. And then the cover comes out and they're like, did you see this cover? What do you think of this cover? Oh my God, I'm going to need all these books and paperback. And I was like, okay, people calm down. We're going to get mm-hmm. through this all okay. <laughs> and then the oh, teaser came oh, out. I, I was when, um, when I was on vacation, my designer sent me the paper, like the picture for um, Dr. Heartless, which is the next one. And I was dying. It's I like, this is bad for me to say. It's my favorite cover ever. Oh. Like unbelievable. <laughs> These are things we like to hear. I really, because, I really want to like release all of was because it's really great, but I can't. Release Oliver's it. was very pretty. Well, yeah, and it's that pretty matte. This is, a, this is a legit solid tie. 
I mean, I love, I love um, Carter's cover, but I'm very, I'm like really anxious to release Landon's book. Right now. Okay. Yes. Oh, we'll she does a know. matte cover. I love She does cover. do a matte cover. Her books are this nice mm-hmm. matte cover and they're beautiful. I will tell you, I guarantee that our Discord, when you drop that cover, will be like, did you see this? Did you hear about this? This, and I'm like, you guys, we'll get through it. It'll be okay. Um, But yeah, Yeah. Oliver, I, after reading Rena's book, I didn't know exactly what to expect from Oliver because he's a goof and he's, you know, kind of this funny guy and, but he like he brought all the dirty talk and he i hadn't i I had this notion of him in my head like sort of i mean even back from when i wrote um the edge of temptation because he was in that book and so but he was just like just ridiculous guy right but he just never took himself too seriously and i feel like um there were at least in most of the books I read, that's what a lot of our heroes do is they take themselves insanely seriously. And I didn't want that for him. Like I wanted to read a guy who was just like, just definitely off the cuff and different and, but still like this insanely hot alpha ish protective guy, but where she was the serious one, right. Or she was the sort of one who had more struggling, um well she has a little bit of tunnel vision like she doesn't see outside of what's in her lane and i always had thought previous that henry was really your swooniest of all your characters that he was he was the grand gesture guy he was the one that was the most romantic out of all the books that i had read she wouldn't have expected from him in the start but yeah he ended up right but then oliver kind of he took the swoon award like he he kind of won your heart a little bit and you melted. Yeah. Carter's Carter's um Carter's gonna up some ante with that okay. a little bit. Carter's gonna up some ante. He Carter is he is in it to win it from the start. Um it is oh I like that. It is very much an unrequited love story at its core. I love um, a pioneer. He's a pioneer. He is, and it's an interesting thing because he's very broody and serious and um not fun right (laughs) and grace is like grace has her own issues grace has a lot of stuff going on in her world a lot of stuff going on in her world let's just go with that um both stuff she can both stuff well she doesn't really she can't really control any of it so i guess um but I don't know what I'm going to say about her. <laughs> She'll just have to read her. She's I like Grace a lot, but um, I fell in but, love with Grace in the reunion scene. Yes, um, you know, in Oliver's Grace book, because Grace is really good people. Mm-hmm. And, she has a kind heart, but you know that there's something else going on there with the fiance. There is, and so, and I will tell you, like when that blurb dropped, everybody's like. Grace is his love interest. Are you sure? And I'm like, guys, I didn't write the blurb. I'm reading the same blurb that you are. Just because I'm obsessed does not mean I have a direct line to know. But, I, but truly, though, like yes. if you read really Grace, closely, Grace 
in all um, of her. Like you see Grace, snippets of something. She she is um, the unlikely heroine uh, from her point of view, and very much the likely heroine from his. So we'll go with that. Um, she has a lot of issues. She has a lot of issues and a lot of struggles and she is, um, her finding out about her fiance stuff is really awful. Um, and Oliver is like very, you know, Oliver should be FF and they have this Mm -hmm. really great dynamic, the two of them. And like, you know, there's like this really, there's one of my, my favorite scene that like one of my favorite scenes that I wrote is involves the three of them. Well, there's two scenes that I wrote really that involves three of them, but the first one, um, it just really hits home with hat with graces and Oliver's dynamic. And it, the fact that like, and I really enjoyed writing the women's oh, but, you know, best friends can't be, you know, guys and girls can't be best friends because there's always sex, but that is not them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at all. And I really wanted to drive that nail in because um, there there is just no sexual tension between her and Oliver at Mm -hmm. all. And I Uh, like that about them. I like her having a male best friend. I thought that was a lot of fun. And he's like and because he's Oliver, right, he's just this like whimsy guy. He can do it. Well, and one thing I like, too, is sometimes like when you have a. hero with like a female best friend like it does happen it's not super common but the heroine like comes in and like sometimes it changes that dynamic but I felt like with Oliver and Amelia like coming together like his dynamic with Grace didn't change like Amelia kind of like embraced that friendship too which I thought was nice yeah and like and yeah and I think he I think Oliver says something like you know, like to Grace at the beginning, like, you know, where others have tried to throw you off the pedestal, like, and this mm-hmm. was going to be like, but it was a fake thing. Right. You know, he was like, he's like, you know, Amelia sort of embraced you. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, I, I just loved having a male and female best friend dynamic. And like, I, I wanted that for them. And, and so it's funny, like, you know, I've been writing, like, it's a best friends, older brother romance and it is, but it seems so strange because it's a male best friend uh-huh but i think what i like what i also liked that you did with their relationship is sometimes when we see a male and a female best friend couple the love interest at some point will be jealous of the mm-hmm. female best friend and mm-hmm. will be like you know you love her why are you you know like don't be her friend because you have to love me that little female to female jealousy and we didn't see that with grace mm-hmm. and amelia and i loved I loved that because yes. I felt like you will you will definitely not see that in Carter's book either. Um, great, that's awesome. Amelia, Amelia, and Grace become friends, and that I really liked. Um, you will see a lot more of Margot in this next book. Margot is a big, prominent character in this. She is very good friends with Grace, and so I and I. Margot's like my one of my all-time faves. So I, I loved Margot's story. I think that that was one. I wasn't sure how we were gonna go with that one <laughs> because it's you know her friend's ex-fiance, because that was in that's in the Edge series. That was book mm-hmm. three of the Edge series. And it's her best friend's ex-fiance. Yes. And so I wasn't sure how that, but Margot. 
she is one of the fiercest females that I read all year long. Like just she's she's tough. She loves tough. She loves big. Yes. She's kind and, of and her her and Grace sort of have that dynamic together. Um Grace is Grace is very similar in that. Um and so Margot is definitely plays a big role in this. But um Carter's Carter and Grace, they're they're um they are fire. They there's just this you know, they just have the, like, they butt heads a lot and, and they challenge each other, but like at their core Carter, you know, Grace is, Grace, you know, she's a mess, but she's not, you know, she's just sort of trying to battle through bad situation after bad situation after bad situation. And Carter's just like, he's just there, right? He just has her back. And it's like, it's just, it's very almost comforting, I guess, as, as a female, as a person to, to sort of read that, like, where she just, you know, and, and actually at, like in writing this, I had gone back through and there were points where I had her questioning him and I deleted those because it just was not true to any of it because yeah. any human would be like, dude, really? Like, that's just so lame. That's just so written in there for drama. And it, you could just like see it. Like, it was just like, no, like that's just not true to them at all. So he, he is, um, insanely broody ridiculous alpha guy and um none of this makes me sad not one of these (laughs) things this Um, makes me want it like tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) well and so that's that's it so uh dr mistake is expected to release um early 2022 in january um and i know that we are excited (laughs) about it um and anticipating its release, there will be six books in the Boston Billionaire. There are six brothers. Five books. Five, five books. books. Five brothers. Yes. Okay. So, okay. And five then, books. And then after that is Layla. Yay, I, writing, I, will, I will write Layla's book. It is going to be complicated because I am very. Um, I my plan had been to write. Um, like sort of spinoff of the wild love series with like children, like Cora Diamond. I cannot write Adeline. It cannot happen. Um, Adeline, no. Adeline is like the sort of version of my baby. So it'd be like me writing a love story about my child. I can't do it. Well, and I think given her who she is, you know, cause she was the autistic child and everything. It's not that down the line, she doesn't deserve her own age. And she, I'll write that for her. I just can't write her. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, you know, I'm okay if she doesn't get her story, get a book. <laughs> I know that she's loved and cared for, and that's all I really need for yeah. her. And, she, and that will continue. But my, my plan is to write Cora Diamond. Um, I actually have that story sort of forming and then this other siblings and stuff like that. But I would like to write, um, go, there will be Layla will have a story and it will somehow all flow together from this series into that. So we're going to go back to rock stars after we get done in Boston. Yeah, but it will combine with doctors because Layla will be a doctor. Okay. I do love your rock star series. I know rock star romances aren't for everyone. I'm a huge consumer of rock star romances. I like rock star romance. And this is going to sound terrible. But I like rock star romances when they're not cliche. Yes. 
Like, yeah. I'm not. And I, I think that's why I don't like, always love them because they're a lot of times they are, you get yeah. that cliche and it kind of puts like, me I didn't off. want like, and that's why I guess I wrote Jasper, right? Like I didn't want the drug addicted, like crazy. I just didn't like always like sleeping with groupie after I just didn't want that. So yeah. I wrote like a totally like quasi normal single dad who like had done that when he was younger, but is sort of passing grew out of it. And that's yeah. the rest of the band. Like, See, I don't just, like, I, don't, I don't like, like the ones that are like, you know, he's an alcoholic or, you know, lots of groupies. What I like about them is you get that artistic mentality, the performer, yes. but yes. then scenery changes. And yes, when you change yeah, from like one venue to another, riding on a tour bus or being mm. in a hotel room, that really changes the dynamic of a relationship. You, yes. you know, and I've read ones where they're recording and they're at home, but it's the trying to figure out like the tabloid piece, like in, in Jeff's Jasper's book, you do have the tabloids that are trying to get yeah. pictures of Adeline and um, Viola and all that stuff. I just think that it adds another layer to the story that helps characters kind of put their HEA to the test, their yeah. attraction to the test. And I like that. Well, you're talking celebrities, right? And mm -hmm. like in the real world, celebrities themselves have I mean, really, how often do you hear about celebrities having genuine HEAs? Like, right. rarely ever, right? Like, their world, I mean, as much as, like, we're like, oh, boo-hoo, right? But, like, their world is legitimately hard, right? All they're trying to do is, like, make music because that's their passion, and yet the world does not let it stop at that. And so... Right. Um, it is, it is like a difficult world. And I, and I actually do appreciate that. Um, it was sort of the same for Oliver, right? You know, he's like, and um, actually Carter has a, has a line where he's like, you know, they're in this bar and people are taking pictures of him. And he's like, you know, basically he says like big shit. I come from a wealthy family and I date women. Like why the fuck do people care? Right. Right. And it's, and it's sort of like, and she's like, well, yeah, okay. I kind of get it, but they still do, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, so yeah, so I, that's sort of, there is that dynamic and I do love that dynamic. I just don't love the, like, and, and everybody loves a good redemption story. So I'm not bashing any people who have done that. It's just not for me. Yeah. So I, I, and that's sort of my thing, right? Like I tend to write billionaires who are more down to earth than doctors. I write rock stars who are kind well, of edgy, but state, so. yeah, they're edgy, more mature, you know, I they think do that's part of it though, too, is none of your characters are really young. So like, they've already done that stupid stuff. Like they've lived that life, like, and they're, they've hit that age where like, they're, they're growing past that. Like they're mature, somewhat mature. Yes. I mean, they're still like in their twenties, right? Well, at least most of them, um, which is like, but you know, I guess Jasper had, you know, Jasper had a baby young, so he did have to kind of grow up and be daddy. And with him growing up as the front man, the others had to grow up and be, you know, partners with him. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, Oliver is, I mean, Rena's young, but Oliver is like the baby of the family. So the other brothers are definitely older. I mean, Kaplan, who is the oldest, I think is going to be mid thirties. So, um, which is probably about the oldest I write. I usually tend to, you do have a maturity off. to your characters though, that yeah. I do enjoy. I do mm -hmm. enjoy. Yeah, um, I just I don't like the immaturity, debauchery side of it. But that's and that's just total, I mean, I don't mind reading it. I just don't like writing it, I guess. Yeah. 
That's that is fair. Well, we are excited for Dr. Mistake. You guys can look for that early January 2022. I cannot believe we're saying January 2022. Um, and uh, Dr. <laughs> Scandalous is available right now in KU, and we will link all of Julia's. Uh, Julia. Oh my gosh. Julie's. We will link all of Julie's uh, social media and her Amazon page in our on the shelf show notes. Um, hey, Leah, do not roll your eyes at me. I didn't roll my eyes that time. <laughs> yes, you did. No, um, I didn't. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank, thank you for, you, guys. you this know, jumping great. in for us. We truly appreciate you. No, I'm happy to. This is wonderful. Um, and I think we have to declare 2021 like the year of Salmon for us. <laughs> it was a year of Salmon. It's kind of a year. year. You get your whole year, not Maybe. just a season, but now yes. it's like, because I read Just One Kiss, so it's kind of a thing now. It is. Well, it's both that counts. <laughs> right. Um, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. This was great. So huge shout out to Julie for joining us. And saving us in the clinch. Yeah. Basically, it was two days turnaround. I messaged mm -hmm. her on Tuesday and said, hey, can you record with us on Friday night? And she was like, yes. Yes, I will. And so. Yeah. It was wonderful that she could hang out with us. It's on such short notice. I do think, though, it's appropriate to just name 2021 the year of Salmon. It is. It was big. I mean, it was definitely a big six months of it or yeah. five months of it. From July to December. And now I'm anticipating January. I know. Carter's book is going to be so good. So good. I, I, I am so excited because I loved Oliver and like that. I am going to go down her backlist, but she has a decent sized backlist and there are rock stars. So I'm like, yeah, how about that? But they're really good though. I they are going to be good. They're really good. Is there anything like Oliver? They are. They'll be good. Keith is a dirty talker. So is Henry. Oh. Big time dirty talker. With a name like Henry. That's the thing too, though. Like you don't expect a Henry to dirty talk. Oh, there's a scene with a palm tree. Hello. Sister. Oh, was that the... The dry humping scene. Yeah. No, there's the dry humping in the bathroom. They almost like have penetration at the again. palm tree. At the palm tree. It's pretty stupid sexy. Okay, so let's talk book of the week. Okay, like week 275 of asking for again. 2022 might be where we don't have awkward intros or outros and echoes. Okay. That could be our Christmas present. Tell Mike Burrier. Um, we want an echo for Christmas. Yeah, I don't think it's Christmas of 2022. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. But anyway, so my book of the week is My Unexpected Surprise by Piper Rain. Um, it is book five in the Green Family series. I really love like their writing. They do family series really well. This is an accidental pregnancy that is, it's just, I just really like the way they wrote it and the dynamic between the, the main characters. They were friends, like starting to be like pretty good friends. And then they have a one night stand and then they don't see each other for five months and he sees her and she is She's visibly pregnant and it's the, the aftermath of that, but I, it was done really well. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. And he's I know you're like, a big Piper Rain fan. So. I am a big Piper Rain fan. So, but this was, <laughs> I think this is one of my favorites of theirs. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so my book of the week is Stone Cold Notes by Julia Wolf. Um, Julia Wolf is a newer to me author that I just found this year. Here's another shock. She writes emotional rock star romances. <laughs> New author, rock star romances. Are we seeing a trend here? She also has some of the best real body rep I have seen in romance. Um, Her heroine is a plus size heroine and she's beautiful and it's just done so well. She pulls you into these really super intense moments that um, they just make her whole story. Like there is this extreme intensity and it's not angst, it's intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, in her stories and like you just feel with her characters the way she writes you are like feeling every emotion every heartache every desire that her characters i cannot recommend this enough um he has a little bit of a stalker vibe which is Mm. interesting but sexy and who would have thought like potential stalkers could be sexy i don't know i've read a few stuff like they're like stalker adjacent but he pines well, I like a good piner, but I've read a couple stalker books where they, they work for me. It's like yeah. kidnapping is a love language. Like, okay. Speaking of kidnapping language today, I was talking with somebody on TikTok about a book that they recommended paradise. Okay. And we talked about by Judith McNaught. Then we were talking about book two in that series, which is called perfect. Okay. Which he kidnaps and takes her hostage. And then I started thinking about some of my favorite other like vintage romances that are Judith They're McNaught. All kidnapping, aren't they? Yes. And like the book I posted to on Friday, um, December 10th for my vintage Friday flashback picture. He kidnaps her and she's the wrong woman. Like he's trying to kidnap his paramour. Oh, I like when that happens. He kidnaps instead this young debutante and then they, you know, it's Regency romance. So they end up having to get married. It has like an epic clinch cover and everything. But I realized that my love of kidnapping as a love language has been going on since like 1991. (laughs) What does that say about you? I don't know. I don't know what it says. Apparently I have a type like honestly, cause like I said, perfect. He takes her hostage. He holds her captive in a That's uh, really ski chalet in the Rocky mountains and like a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. I don't know. <laughs> That's really funny. I thought you'd appreciate that. Okay. I do appreciate that. <laughs> so we have a super fun event coming up on December 23rd. We do. We're having book festivus. So we are going to air our grievances about books. We are going to talk about our year of reading, book slumps, things we did not love in the books that we read. Please note, though, this is not a chance to bash authors. Instead, we can talk about trends or books we thought got overhyped or did not live up to what we wanted because there were definitely a few of those that we read this year. So many of those. And if you would like to join us for this event, it is for everybody. You can find details on our website at buzzingaboutromance.com. Yep. So Patreon update. Um, we have the best Patreon people. We do. We have some awesome Patreons. Um, so the Buzzing About Romance reading journal for our cold brew tier are headed out into the mail this week. 
We've mm-hmm. changed a few things. The journal is now three months of reading, um, along with more pages and ways to keep track of your favorite authors, quotes, TBR, and reviews. So if you were to go and join our cold brew tier this week, I will send you a reading journal. You will then get a new reading journal every three months. And with it, you'll receive fun stickers and some other helpful reading journal type items. Um, if you're interested in how to get a reading journal, you can find details at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee and seriously join our Patreon because we're awesome. We are. I mean, we think we are at least. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Okay. It is a lot of fun. Um, and then we still have the clear the TBR challenge ongoing. So we have three Thursday discussions, discussions left in our discord channel for the year. So December 16th, we are going to talk tie my knot by Evie Mitchell. Not my type, not my type. Sorry. Oh my God. Tie my knot. I mean, I had one word, right? True. True. You got the author's name, right? I did the kidnapping like that. It was like. It's intense. It was on my mind. I get it. Okay. So the 16th, not my type by Evie Mitchell. Um, the 23rd, we are going to do Amer- the American Queen trilogy by Sierra Simone. The 30th of December, we're going to do The Sinner by Molly O'Keefe. O'Keefe. Oh my goodness gracious. I am, I'm channeling it's Becky tonight. It's late. <clears throat> it's late. It is. But you can find details on our website, how to join our Discord channel and join in the discussions. Yes. Um, So do you have a topic you think we should be talking about on Buzzing About Romance? We are always looking for new episode ideas, and we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com with any authors you think we should be talking to, books we should be reading for quick shots of romance, um, or book-related topics. You want us to discuss? Yeah, we do. We do like a topic. Well, and I think that sometimes you and I are so used because we work in publishing, we're so used to using words like beta reading Mm -hmm. or uh, sensitivity readers and stuff like that. And so I don't know if the average listener is interested in kind of learning about those things and what they mean and how they work. I know, you know, like several big publishers are opening their query forms in January Mm -hmm. and, um, Listeners might be curious as to what about, what is it with query forms and how does that work and why do authors do that? So if there's any of those kinds of topics you would really like to hear us talk about, seriously, send us an email um, and we will add it to our list because we're happy to do research and find fun topics. Mm -hmm. And then next up, it is part one of our Buzzing About Romance yearly wrap up and joining us are the Buzzing About Romance romance librarians so we are going to find out about their year of reading trends they noticed and things we should expect in 2022 this is just part one right right so anyway we've got so many book recs coming your way about what we loved and what books were amazing in 2021 so if we haven't blown up your tbr this is why i tried to help everybody clear their tbr before we gave all of our year in recs we we did but it was kind of counterproductive because i think everybody that took part in the challenge ended up adding more books than they took off i heard a rumor to that 
but they need to stop complaining because you know they love They're our Greg's. They do, and honestly, like if they didn't like adding to their TBR, they should stop listening to us because they know like that's what we're about. Anyway, Leah, thank you so much. Um, I don't know why I'm thanking you. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Until next time. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.